Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Okay, guys, this is Michelle Buller, and welcome to The Waiting Warriors. Today, we have Stephanie Reynolds, right? That's I said that, right? Right, yeah. Okay, um, so Stephanie, tell everybody about yourself. So I'm Stephanie Reynolds. I'm a board-certified psychiatrist, a maternal mental health expert, and an online entrepreneur. I'm founder of Not the Typical Mom, which is a lifestyle brand that helps moms break free from society standards, find and embrace their real selves so they can kill it in life, love, and business without screwing up their kids. And I'm also an army wife and a mother of two. Awesome. And how old are your kids? So my daughter is five and my little boy is almost two. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. So you're at the, the fun age. <laughs> I've got a... Yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, every age has its challenges, I'll say. So my five-year-old is um, going on about 16 right now. So it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how our week has been. It's for some reason, our five-year-old just flipped a switch and we're like okay I think she thinks that she is 16 years old and like she legitimately asked us if she could learn to drive oh oh Kate's been talking about that too although this has been Kate's personality since birth so um we never had the terrible twos but ever since three she had like the three-nager and then we had like the diva fours and now she just turned five and it's like I don't know, only escalating from here. She's just, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I'm not too excited about the teenage years. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be backwards for us. Like maybe yeah. they'll be like cool and chill by the time they get there. Cause they'll get mm-hmm. it all out of their system now. <laughs> I would appreciate that as a mother. That's for sure. Yeah. We're actually coming up on a pending deployment. So I'm sort of been a little lax and forgiving to her with yeah. how, just cause I'm sure, I mean, we literally just moved to San Antonio. We were on the East coast for a while. We were in DC and then we were in coastal Virginia and now we're in San Antonio, Texas. And, um, we're both from Texas, me and my husband, but we're not actually immediately close to family right now. And so a couple of weeks into our move, my husband was given orders that he'll be deploying. So that was really great and fun. Um, so we've been kind of dealing with that the last couple of months and just all the transitions of moving kind of on top with now like transitioning to like solo parent again. So um, yeah, I know that my daughter and my kids probably like pick up a little bit on my stress level. So I'm just kind of been a little bit more forgiving to whatever tenter- temper tantrums come out of that. Yeah. And I like that you said solo parenting because I, a lot of times people outside of the military will say, oh, you're just basically a single mom. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't really like that term. I feel like that's a little bit um, of a disservice to my husband because he's a good parent. Like he mm-hmm. parents, even though he's not around, but at the same time, you know, we are doing a lot of it ourselves. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, gosh, me and my husband, I mean, so we have been together, I don't know, almost nine years, like all total. And we've been married for almost seven of those. And of those nine years, we have been geographically long distance of some form or fashion um, four of those years. So we've had a lot and two of those years were with kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been, yeah, I kind of go back and forth on this and I think you can get a lot of resentment as a wife. Like if you're using the term, like I'm a single mom, like, Although yeah. sometimes I will say, so when we were, um, I was in DC for a couple of years and that was when my daughter was three and um, I was pregnant. And then the first year of my son's life, my husband was in graduate school at William and Mary, which is about three hours South of DC. So he would come home on the weekends and then he was down there during the week. And, you know, it was the hardest years of our marriage. Like, I'll be very honest. It was the hardest years of our marriage, hardest years, just period. It was really rough. Um, I had high risk pregnancy. I was, it was very, very hard on me emotionally. And I used to think mentally, I think I could have almost tolerated it better had I told myself I was a single mom. And probably some of you listening probably can kind of understand this because yeah when your spouse is not there and yet he, and it wasn't a deployment either. It was this really difficult situation of like literally during the week, he was not physically there. Yeah. And you know, we, I think a lot of times geographic separation can sort of lead into emotional separation and then your marriage just takes a toll. It's really hard. I mean, gosh, I have like so much compassion. I mean, military life is so hard on marriages, on families. Like I, you know, I didn't understand it before I had kids. Like, why is the divorce rate so high? Like, why are affairs so prominent? You know, and like now going through it, it is, I mean, I get it. I get it. You know, we're lonely, we're in pain. We, you know, we're trying to just cope as best we can. And sometimes that comes out in, you know, maladaptive coping, like, you know, affairs and alcohol and whatever. But, um, you know, for us, I had a lot of resentment because I was like, I almost wish like part of me was like, I almost wish you were just deployed because then I could not emotionally expect anything of you. Yeah. And then there was a part of me too that was like, I almost wish that I was, was a single parent because then I would just know it is all on me. But because yeah. I sort of technically knew, well, he's in this with me, you know, he's technically, you know, only three hours away. Like he is here, like, but he's not here. And he, you know, I don't know. You can just sort of get it's yourself in. It's really hard. Yeah. And it's a limbo phase. We went through that with my husband while he was also in graduate school. And it's he was doing a 90-credit master's program in 22 months. So he was always in class or always working on a project. He would leave the house at like 5 in the morning and come home 8, maybe even as late as 10 o'clock at night. And so the kids never saw him, but he you know, it's like a weird in-between phase. It seems like messes you up almost more than when they're actually gone. Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, and so I, you know, I like the language solo parenting, but I also, I think people just need to find their own language, you know, because I think by calling it solo parenting, you at least, um, you know, you're still married, you know, like you you still do have a father figure or, you know, that other spouse like in the picture, yeah. But, and so I think sometimes when you can be like, oh, I'm just a single mom, you do start to get a lot of resentment. And 
I do try to fight that mentality because, um, and, but it takes, it takes a lot of effort almost like it's easier almost to play the single mom card, right? Like to just like leave them kind of out of stuff and just like do your own thing. But like, yeah. it takes a lot of effort to carve out that time to communicate. And, you know, I'm the communicator of the two of us. My husband is a little more reserved. And so it really is a lot on me to be the one who's pulling things out to, you know, fill them in on like what's going on in my business and our finances and what's going on with the kids. And, you know, cause, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the time it was just like, and especially like throughout my pregnancy, it was just, he wasn't there for any of it, you know, and it was a high risk pregnancy. So I had to like keep him up to date all the time. And it starts to get into where your only conversations with them are having to do with the details, like the stuff. And so then yeah. The, the romance, the friendship, the like the reasons why you guys married each other, those tend to go to the wayside. And it's so sad because, I mean, that's why you married each other, right? Like that's what's yeah. going to keep you guys together after your kids leave the house. So that's important too. But then it's, it's a lot. I mean, it just becomes a lot of pressure. And a lot of that falls on the spouse, I think, because just you know, in terms of like where your spouse's head is, you know, just like if they are deployed, they're in combat, you know, like you don't know where, where their mind's at or, um, and it's totally understandable. Like I want him to be mission focused, like I, because I want him to be safe. And, you know, sometimes I think hearing about, you know, the stressors back home will not be good for that environment. So it's just, it's so hard though. But I mean, the burden tends to be on, you know, the spouse staying back, which is really hard. Yeah. But I really like and appreciate though that you, you were upfront that that wasn't just the hardest part of your marriage. Um, because I think, I think when we're honest with each other, especially on the podcast, then that's kind of how we'll learn the most. So I do really appreciate that. Oh yeah. I thought, I mean, it was really bad. I mean, I'll be very blunt. Like I yeah. thought he was having an affair. I even, for the first time ever contemplated like getting a divorce. Like, I mean, it was, it was very bad. It was a very dark time of our relationship. Um, and we have subsequently healed that. And I think we are stronger now, but it is a, I will even say even post that, you know, like the healed phase, it's Mm -hmm. a different kind of love, you know, like our, our love now I know is so much deeper and stronger. And I, I trust my husband so much more. And I'm, Um, you know, even coming up on a deployment, like I feel um, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely have fears. Like I definitely, you know, I'm sort of transported back to like three years ago where things weren't so good. And, um, and so I have to kind of fight that a little bit too. But I, like, I know in my heart of hearts, like my husband loves me. He cherishes me. I know that our our relationship is better, but it's not ever going to be like when we first met and that lighthearted phase of dating and the honeymoon years, like, you know, I don't, I just don't think, mm-hmm. you know, your relationship evolves over time. And I'm not sure I want to go back to that either. Cause it was yeah. superficial, you know, too. Yeah. So, um, which was good, but I think so many times, like I'll talk to, you know, military spouse and they'll be like, Oh, I just don't even know. Like if I'm in love with my husband anymore. And it's like, you know, being in love, it's kind of a mindset in my yeah. opinion. It's, I mean, cause yeah, there's a lot of days that I'm not in love with my husband. I mean, there's a lot of days I don't like my husband. You know? <laughs> like, let's be real. But I, I do love him. I cherish him, you know, and I, I know that he's very loyal to me and he would never abandon me. So it's kind of dealing like with our own issues too. Like I realized, 
in our time apart, it really brought up a lot of insecurities of mine that I had to kind of process through. Cause you know, at the end of the day, the only person we can control is ourselves. And so we can choose to be like the bitter, resentful, like, you know, whiny, nagging wife, or we can just choose to be like, Hey, regardless of what my husband does to me or for me, I'm going to be this kind of person just because I want to be this kind of person, you know? And it, I don't have to, because I think so, like, it's so easy for us to get caught in to like, you know, my husband makes me angry. And so I'm going to be angry today, or my husband makes me happy. So I'm going to be happy today. And our emotions sort of flit and flee by the day of the week and how we're feeling with our relationship. But gosh, I mean, we're stronger than that, ladies, like we can be our own person without whatever, you know, is going on inside the mind of our husbands, you know? And I think that's extremely, extremely vital as a military or first responder um, spouse, because I mean, if, if our happiness depends on them doing certain things, then there's no, like, I, I think that's a big reason why a lot of people get divorced because there are a ton of situations where the husband cannot provide that because they can't be there. But then, you know, that's, I, I just have a huge issue with that when I hear women doing that. And I know I've fallen into that a few times and I've had to catch myself in that mindset, but you just have to become okay with yourself and find the happiness in yourself. And then everything your husband does is just a bonus, like never a negative, but just a bonus. Yeah. I love, I mean, and it's true. And gosh, guys, it is hard. Like, I'm not going to say like, just be happy. I mean, it took, for me, it took professional therapy. Like it took a support system. It took, you know, a lot of rekindling like other community and other relationships because what I found, you know, so we were in Texas and then we moved across country to DC and had babies and just life was hectic. And I really, the only support system I had was my husband. And so when that happened, which I think is common, especially people, if you're moving around a lot, you know, and so what happened, which is great. I actually think that that can be a blessing. However, when that is your only outlet, like when your husband is your only outlet for emotional everything and vice versa. Like if you are his only outlet, it's only natural that you guys are going to have like lots of both negative and positive and positive, but like you could have a lot of negative times if all of that energy that you're ever having is only dispelled toward your husband. Whereas like if you do have some girlfriends that you can vent to every now and then, or, you know, another community of some form or fashion, like it can be really healing to take some of that stuff off of your husband, you know, cause he doesn't need to hear all the drama in your life. Like you can go to somebody else with that. And men are really different. Like they don't always need to process everything like we women do. Like we kind of really crave that. And that usually kind of drives them crazy. So, you know, kind, gentle, patient husbands are going to listen to an extent, but they're only human too. Like they can't take it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so funny. It's just funny sometimes when I think about the differences between men and women and yet how especially women, I feel like, expect the men to understand. But we Well, I kind of blame pop culture for that, right? Oh, like yeah. all the romantic oh, yeah. comedy, like romance novels. They paint this like perfect husband, <laughs> this perfect man who always says the right thing, always looks perfect. And it's understands like, the expectations somehow, even though she never said them. It's like, okay, that does not exist, guys. Yeah. It is just literally not reality. I mean, hey, 
guilty yeah. pleasure over here. I love romance novels. I really do. But I also consciously read them knowing it's not real. Like this is fiction, yeah. okay? Because I'm very communicative with my husband. I mean, and it used to be, you know, the first couple of years of our relationship, I, pl- I played the games because we all do. We're stupid and we don't know any better. So we're like, oh, if he doesn't do this, then he hates me. And oh, yeah. if he doesn't, you know, um, you know, do this in the bedroom, then he doesn't love me enough. And it's like, okay, girlfriend, you got to just ask for it. Like you got to yeah. just speak up because men are not mind readers. We're not mind readers, right? Yeah. So like, I have to hear from my husband certain things too, but it goes both ways. And um, I mean, I think that's probably my personal strength. I'm actually a very good communicator. So it's probably (laughs) saved us because my husband is not. So (laughs) we just, um, I have just acknowledged that is a strength of mine and it's a weakness of his. So I, you know, whereas there are many weaknesses of mine that he's has strengths. So we balance each other out, but it does take sometimes like me literally, Like, I mean, I can be very transparent with you guys. So my husband, um, he's been traveling, you know, when they're coming up with deployment, they do a lot of trainings and stuff. And, um, and we had a little bit of an argument. I mean, just, you know, there's just like stress in the air, you know, and when you're gone, you're apart. So we had like kind of a little bit of an argument. It was like, we got off the phone and I was like, not really feeling too great about it. And I was like, I can't go to sleep like this. And old me, like, five years ago, me would have been like, Oh, if he loves me enough, he'll just, he'll just call me and he'll know that because we fought and, you know, he'll call me before we go to sleep. And now I just know, like, so I just texted him. I was like, Hey, I'd really like to talk to you. Like, can you call me please? And so then he did. So then again, it's like, you have to spell it out for them sometimes. And you know what? We talked, we like had it over and I went to sleep with a lot less burden on my shoulders. But had I done it the other way, had I just been like, oh, he's going to call. If he really cares, he'll call. And just like trying to manifest it in my brain, then yeah. he wouldn't have called because my husband is an introvert and he doesn't normally like it is not a big deal to him to not talk as much. And I do know this about him. So it's like I just, you know, like you have to kind of know your spouse a little bit, too, and give him yeah. some grace. Like he's not how you are and you're not how he is. Yeah. I love all that. Just, I'll just put a big giant stamp of approval, (laughs) (laughs) agreement on all that. Um, Oh man, I just don't even, I feel like this could go forever. Um, But I want to talk more about what you do and kind of your mission and how that like can help the military um, and first responder women involved. Because I know you're really big on kind of breaking out from society standards and all that kind of stuff. So do you want to talk a little bit about that or not a little bit, but do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure. Of course. I mean, I obviously love talking about it. It's my whole brand. <laughs> I just, yeah. It, so it's kind of funny. I mean, you know, going back to high school, it's like we all have these cliques, right? And I think it's normal going through periods of our lives to seek community, right? So mm-hmm. adolescence is a really hard time for us. So we all want to click off like in high school. And we all want to kind of be, you know, the prep kids over here, the choir kids over here, the jocks over here. And you want to be known for something because you're kind of lacking that identity. And it's funny because when I became a mom, I sort of saw these same sort of patterns playing out. Like we're also clueless because it's a really stressful time, especially your first baby. It's like, you, you don't know what you're doing. You know, you can think you know what you're doing. We really don't. <laughs> and so you're, you're trying to identify with something, you know, you're trying to seek an identity because you know, what's the phrase? It's like, um, 
when a baby is born, like, you know, it's not just a baby, but also a mother is birthed, you know, something like that. It's, you know, and it is like, you are birthing the mom and we forget about that. And so we honestly, I think we just forget about ourselves, period. It's like we sacrifice all of ourselves to take care of our kids. And then, you know, we realize like, oh my gosh, who am I in all of this? And so that's sort of the realization I had. And, you know, part of my story is, you know, I, I ended up having postpartum depression. And I think it's sort of for many a reason, but I think a lot of it had to do with, I just like felt so alone. Like I, I was a military wife, but I was also working. I didn't really, I didn't know any. So DC is not really like a good base where there's community because everyone's so spread out and traffic's so awful. And so we had gone from Fort Hood in Texas, which Fort Hood is a great community to like no military community, which was in DC. And I mean, everyone that lived around us, no one was military. So no one understood that part of me. And then working, a lot of career moms don't have kids as young as I did. So, which I wasn't even super young. I was 26, but I think it's young in the career world. So I was like the only mom of my work colleagues. So I felt really left out, um, you know, and maybe even guilty. Like, you know, if I was a better career person, then I wouldn't be having kids now. And I don't know. And then just like, I just never really like fit in anywhere. It's just so funny. And then I realized though, talking more and more women, like no woman feels like they fit in. (laughs) No mom feels like they fit in anywhere because every baby is unique. And so every mom is going to be unique and every experience is just totally unique. And it's like, you know what, just own that, you know, just own like your uniqueness, like your authenticity. And that's so hard for us women. Um, but that's what I really try to do because I see that we start following all these rules, you know, like we have to breastfeed, we have to get our, uh, our post baby body back. You know, I have to eat this way. I have to do that. I have to have a relationship that looks like this. I have to have the side hustle. I have to, you know, work at home. And, you know, we want all of these things because somehow we think it's going to make us feel better inside of us, or somehow we're going to, find some like identity in all of these things, all these details of life. But like, you are you like, take away the details, like strip it away. And who are you? And that's where it gets really scary for people. Because then they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know anymore. You know, and that's where I was, you know, I've been there. Like, I mean, that's where I was like in my rock bottom, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, it was like a slow turn back to like, back to me, like back to who I was. So how would you suggest that people make that turn back? Because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm at like the, I'm at, what is it? Like the 45 degree point where I was, I was going that way and now, or I guess it'd be 90. I'm like halfway there um, to turning back because that that's exactly what happened to me. Um, And I've, you know, it's been a year or two of trying to figure out how to do that. But I'm curious what you would suggest women do to either start that process or along the process. Well, two things up front that I think, you know, so before you can kind of go forward, I think you first have to kind of grieve some things in the moment. So the first one being your former self. So a lot of moms are trying to return to who they were before they had kids. So think about everything you're doing, right? Like we're trying to get our bodies back the way it was before we had kids. We're trying to get our marriage back the way it was before we had kids. We're trying to, you know, go back to our career the way it was before we had kids. And so we have to first kind of grieve that loss. Like it's a loss. Like we will never 
go back to not being a mom. You know what I'm saying? Like this is our reality now. And that can be really painful of reality to know that your body is never going to be the same. Your life is never going to be the same. Your friendships will never be the same. Your social life is never going to be the same. Your marriage is never going to be the same, you know? And I mean, go down the list, like every facet of your life is transformed when you have a baby and it can be really beautiful. But a lot of times people really feel guilt when they um, start thinking about these things. And so then they kind of push away the feelings. I'm like, just just let yourself have those negative feelings. It's okay. Like, I mean, it's a grieving. It's a loss. It's a loss of your former self. So that's really important too. And the second piece you have to grieve is the fantasy version of yourself. So we all have it, right? So before we had kids, we had some fantasy version of what our future would look like. And does it come to reality? No, because it's a fantasy. Because it's a fantasy, right? It is not reality. So you have to come to terms with the fantasy version. So like for me, I mean, the fantasy was I was going to be, you know, all natural breastfeeder. Uh, well, even before that, gosh, I was going to have an unmedicated, perfect labor and delivery. Well, hello, I had a C-section. Okay. She was breached. Like I had a completely medicated, like very yeah. medicalized birth experience. Totally not what I you know, thought was the perfect birth, but I didn't get it. I stopped breastfeeding at like five months because she wouldn't nurse anymore. Um, and I was driving myself crazy, you know? So it's like, what are all the things that you are, um, or like maybe you thought you were gonna get your body back. Like maybe you're really into fitness and you really take a lot of pride in your physical self. And it's like, you know, now, gosh, I have a C-section yeah. scar. Like I have stretch marks, I have scar tissue. Like I'm never gonna have that body again, you know? Yeah. So well, like for me, it was, I, I babysat a ton as a teenager, I loved it. I love playing with kids. So I thought being a mom was just going to be fun all the time. And like mm-hmm. maybe 5% handling temper tantrums. And that's, it's like opposite. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And give yourself some grace through the process. Like it's okay to not like being a mom sometimes, you know, I think that's the other cultural messaging we get. That's like, you know, you have to love every second of every day because it's such a blessing to be a mom. You never get it back. Yeah. And it's like, you never get these years back. It's like, you know, I understand to an extent, like, I don't want you to wish your life away, but it's also okay in those moments to know, like, gosh, sometimes like your kids can just be really little B-I-T-C-H's, you know, and you just like really need a freaking break and that's okay. Yeah. And I think, I mean, those steps alone are like right there can sometimes take people months to like really uncover like everything that they were fantasizing about and really check it at the door to really uncover like who they were in the past and like check it at the door, like who, you know, all of that. And then you can really come from a place of um, like without baggage, you know, because that is what I consider kind of the baggage that we're bringing into momhood. We're bringing in our fantasy versions of ourselves. We're bringing in, you know, our former self, right? So when you can sort of mourn those losses and kind of overcome that and accept where you are right now, then it's when you can start to kind of look forward and be like, like, who do I want to be? Like, what do I inherently value in the world? And like, what kind of person do I want to be? You know, like, I don't like this idea of like, finding your dream career or finding like, or making like tons of goals for your life. I don't resonate with that because I think it also sets you up for failure. Cause what if those goals don't come to fruition or what if you have no control over those goals, you know, 
Um, especially for, I mean, military wives, like we have such little control in our lives, <laughs> you know? I mean, gosh, like I could have dreamed like, you know, cause it was a few years ago when I, you know, started my own online business and it was like, I had all these aspirations and it's like, but I don't have any control over those, you know? Cause literally, yeah. you know, I, I'm geographically unstable. So that prohibits a lot of, you know, things that I wanted to do with my business and, um, and all the other ways that we are sort of tied to our yeah. spouses, yeah. So you don't really have control over things like that. That's why I personally don't like that. But to each his own, some people really love goal setting and all that stuff. So I really like just like value based living and really uncovering like who you are, you know, and like beyond mother and wife, you know, like, who are you? Like, what kind of person do you want to be? You know, are you somebody that wants to laugh at jokes? Are you someone who wants to host parties at their house? Are you someone like what kind of person do you inherently want to be and continue to check yourself? Wait, is this a fantasy of me or is this truly me? You know, cause we also can get into this. Um, like for me, like I used to think I was this great party planner and I loved like throwing parties for people until I realized I actually don't like, that's like a fantasy Stephanie in the future, you know, but like yeah. actually throwing parties really sucks. You have like a huge mess to clean up. You don't get to bed till really late. You drink too much. You kind of have a hangover the next day. Like, you know, like it's actually not what I really like to do with my time. You know, yeah. I love, I love going to like a happy hour, like having a dinner out with friends or a date night with my husband. But honestly, I am like a homebody and I'm kind of boring on the weekends. Like I'd rather just watch Netflix and be in bed by 10 PM. That is, that is real me though. And you know, that's yeah. okay with me now. You know, I don't have to be like trophy wife, Stephanie anymore, who goes to the military balls and like looks the best and, you know, mm -hmm. stays out late and parties with the guys. Like that's not me. That is who, whatever fantasy version of me I thought I was, you know, yeah. and what is it for you? Like maybe you think you like arts and crafts and you're like the Pinterest mom who wants the food blog and whatever until you realize like, that's kind of sucks too. Cause I've also been there and done that uh, like really sucks, but <laughs> yeah. I wonder too, if we, if we kind of, as, as you were talking about that fantasy and stuff, I, I realized that one of the things I had to kind of confront when we first joined the army was that my fantasy of what our married and family life was going to be like is mm. not different because mm. he wasn't, I grew up with a dad who worked, I mean, he kind of had an unorthodox job, but his job was most of the time just a mile away and then mm -hmm. worked from home sometimes. And he was home on weekends and he was able to be at, at a lot of basketball games and events and stuff where, you know, he was home for every Christmas, but that has not been our experience with the military life. And I think I just realized as you were talking about that, how it applies to motherhood, that totally applies to our marriage is that we have to check if we had that fantasy of what our marriage was going to be like, but then adapt it to what it needs to be now. Well, and you brought up an interesting point too. So you're describing it to like your family of origin, like your own childhood, which is huge because yeah. obviously we relate a lot of things to how we were raised, whether good or bad. And, you know, mm -hmm. we want either things exactly like how we were raised because it was good or like exactly not like that because we thought our childhood was bad or what have you. But I'll also throw out another caveat to this. We tend to, because we are inundated with information from society and culture about what is quote unquote right and what is quote unquote good and healthy for our kids. And 
we do ourselves a disservice when we start getting into this mind trap of like, you know, we have to have family dinners or else my kids are going to be screwed up and they're going to get on drugs and they're going to be horrible and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, if my husband deploys then my kids are going to go crazy because they're not going to have a dad. And, you know, that's not good for the kids. And do you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. because of whatever society standard is. And, and I can tell you, my husband, he himself was an army brat. And I mean, he moved, he's probably moved over 30 times in his life. And he's, I think, very stable, resilient, you know, quote unquote, normal guy. So you can have a normal family despite all of this. And in fact, maybe in spite of all of it, you can yeah. have even stronger family bonding because of it. So don't let society or like whatever your doctor or like Dr. Oz says, like <laughs> to make you feel bad. Because I mean, I was already, as we already mentioned, we don't have control over this. Like, you know, and your husbands, your spouses don't have control over it either. That's the sad thing. You know, my husband, he's actually getting out of the army soon, but gosh, it's like not without another deployment, you know, like, so he yeah. doesn't have control over that. Right. It's like, yeah. he made the decision to get out, but then even still, like, we don't have control, like where we were going to move to next, where he was going to go. And, yeah. um, so it's First just like, funders don't have control of their shifts and exactly the hours you were. Like, totally. Yeah. 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 So interesting. Well, I'm pretty sure I could continue on, but, um, for another half hour, but I try to keep these a little bit shorter for our listeners. Um, so we'll just end with where can people find you? Cause I know I, you have a podcast and it's not, not a typical mom, right? Yeah. Not the typical mom show is my podcast. Mm-hmm. I've listened yeah. to your podcast. That, that's great. Um, oh. and where, where else can people find you though? Yeah. So, um, I mean, my, my latest project was, uh, my book that you can get at letyourheartoutbook.com or search Amazon for let your heart out. Okay. Um, just my main site is not the typical mom.com. And, um, those are the two main places I hang out online awesome. for, I mean, anyone who happens to be in Texas, if you're interested in like individual services, that's, you know, my clinic site, which is my name, Stephanie Reinold, md.com. Those are the best places to find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. I learned so much. And yeah, guys, I'll put links to um, the podcast and her website and everything in the show notes. So until next time, talk to you later. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. Today's episode is sponsored by Little Mama's Shirt Shop. This online shop has the cutest mammographic tees. I've seen a lot of different shops, but never have I found one with so many different options. And there's not one that's bad. No joke, I love them all. They just came out with a great patriotic collection and would like to say a thank you to you guys who sacrificed so much for our country overseas and here at home. So they are giving you guys 20% off. Just go to littlemamashirtshop.com. That's M-A-M-A. Use discount code T-W-W for The Waiting Warriors to get 20% off the Patriotic Collection. Enjoy, guys.